Today on Ovia's and Jillia, we present to you the gift and the curse of ACC Grant of Rights. Plus, if Notre Dame's got suggestions for who to add full-time, maybe they want to join the ACC full-time? Meanwhile, Carolina Panthers are comparing Bryce Young to Steph Curry. Why that analogy actually works. Thanks to everybody who has given us five stars on their favorite podcast platforms. It's even better when you leave us a review. I might even screen grab them and put them on social media. Plus, we're very, very close to 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed yet, do it. That way, I can crack open a bottle of Brass Monkey. OG. 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 It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back, so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovius inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties, and thanks to Copiers Plus. I still owe you a contract. I forgot to print it out this morning and bring it. But it's sitting in the it's sitting in the scanner in my Kyocera printer for okay. Copiers Plus. Well, good news. Yeah. We have an agreement with uh, another company called Sherpa, who's going to be handling some of our accounting needs. Whew, thank goodness. Okay, so that's feel, good news. I feel, so, I feel so much better now. However, oh boy, okay, it is going to require the Kyocera getting a workout and All our right. friends from Copiers Plus helping us a little bit even more than before, because it's going to require you to show me a few things of how to share our information, which. If you don't know these things, Copiers Plus can help you with your digital needs as well. Because we don't know what we're doing. Clearly. Clearly not. I mean, digital? Okay, yeah, I can operate all this stuff. But all that? Yeah, no thank you. So. I'm, I'm so old school ass for like a, a code word. Like, you know, it was a van picking me up on the on the side of the schoolyard. Anyway, check them out. Copiers-plus.com. We thank them for being the presenting sponsor for Ovia's Angelia. Well... Cal and Stanford, and I guess SMU to the ACC was fun while it lasted. Uh, the conversation we had with former UNC Chancellor Holden Thorpe couldn't have come at a better time because he gave you insight about how the sausage is made. And clearly, while there were some schools who were like, yeah, this is a great idea. Look, look at the non-revy. We're all like-minded. You had other schools that said, uh, no, this is dumb, despite the fact from multiple reporting, Joe, that Cal and Stanford were willing to defer a bunch of distribution money. Like we talked about yesterday, they were willing to defer a bunch of distribution money just to have the, 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 the safe Harbor of a conference going forward. But ACC president Scott wise, like your one source told you, this is the dumbest in a long line of dumb ACC ideas. It looks like logic prevailed in this case. Yeah. And to reiterate, cause I would get people on Twitter and we're like, well, what would you two do? And it's like nothing. Here's the play. You do nothing because the grant of rights is such that it is a gift and it is a curse. Mm-hmm. In this particular instance, the longevity of it, the stability of it is the gift, right? The curse is also the longevity of it because of the amount of money that you're locked into. Now, that money is going to change over time. Mm-hmm. It's going to improve over time. At, at its current structure, the ACC will never be on the same level as the Big Ten or the SEC. But I have to ask again. If they weren't on the same level before, where are all these champions? The Big Ten's had their own network and has had more money than everyone else, including the SEC, basically for the last 20 years. Yeah. So where are all of the Big Ten's championships? Where is all of the Big Ten's success? Don't know. Because I, and I mean, I I hate to be that guy because we all have glass. We all live in a glass house. Mm -hmm. But it feels like every other year we get a a major seismic, tragic Big Ten scandal. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we got a gymnastics coach. We got a we got Northwestern. Penn State. We got Northwestern, Ohio State. You name it. We mm-hmm. got something going on. And okay, so I'll ask again the existential question: What's the cost? What are we like? What are they chasing? I don't understand it. They have all this money. Maybe you're right about the mo money mo problems. I don't know. Well, uh, look, it, it, it's but what the is theme. It? So show me all of the success that the Big Ten's had. It, that you got a you got a whole bunch of money. Cool. The success of the Big Ten is based on numbers. Everything's numbers in real estate. That's what sure. it's all about. They, ha- they have schools that have, they have they have gigantic alumni bases. Much like Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner with Paul Feinbaum this week. They have numbers. That's where they win. Now they have the championships to go along with that because there's a delta. There's definitely the a want to factor in the SEC. I don't know if it's want to. I think it's just a, it's the regional lottery. Where are all the players? One thing that, there I, is that, that. one thing that I was bothered. So by, what's California's excuse, by the way? But that's another matter entirely. One thing that I was bothered by this week and has been a lot of rhetoric of football is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We keep hearing this from coaches and administrators. Oh, football is going to be fine. Look at the participation numbers in football. Look at the participation going down and, and look at the, the economic lines and socioeconomic and educational lines that they follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to run out of players. You are running out of players. No, maybe happening. not tomorrow, no, but, but you happening. are running out of your talent pool. Mm-hmm. Now, where are those players currently coming from? Florida, Texas, the Southeastern socioeconomic, some of them coming from more poor and less educated communities mm-hmm. because they don't, their mom's not sitting there watching TV and going or paying attention to concussion studies and realizing what you're actually doing to yourself. The way out. Yeah. It's just as, way just out. as we've seen in boxing, mm-hmm. but look at what happened to boxing. Mm-hmm. Football is now boxing probably, but you could actually argue some of those fights back in the thirties and forties were just as big as what we see in, in reach and yes. audience that the NFL has right now. So if DeMar Hamlin, his life is not saved, we are having a completely different conversation about football. And that, but that still doesn't dismiss where those participation numbers are. And it doesn't dismiss this. And this is my idea. And this is my thought on this. Mm -hmm. We keep talking about, oh, in the next 20 years, the number's just going to keep getting exponentially bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And at some point there is a burst. And part of those factors are the sport itself and the violence of the sport itself. And the, there's just no way to make it completely safe and can to convince people it, all of the measures that they've taken, that they've basically turned it into two hand touch because they have. I, but I'm, you still there's still a violent element to it. I'm going to come at it from a different angle. And I'm not going to dismiss anything you said about the violence of football, but clearly there's a desire and appetite for football as a spectator sport, as entertainment. The numbers that you're talking about will diminish over time because more and more people realize the dangers of football and they don't want their kids to play. And there's an effect there that takes place over decades. Well, that's already the last two decades. It's happening now. It's happening now. And there's a larger conversation about youth participation in general that goes beyond football. But that's another that's another podcast. Okay, Okay. that's that's like a next summer podcast in the middle of July. I'm just saying you can't sit here and say football is going to be fine. Football is going to be fine. Football will be fine depending on what kind of football we're talking about. The NFL is going to be fine. College football, I'm not so sure about because television executives are essentially trying to treat college football as the new de facto minor league. It's already been the case. I'm not saying anything that's wild. I'm not saying anything that's novel, but here's here's where I'm going with this that is novel and something that people are not talking about and they have to start talking about now. The broadcast companies, the distributors, your partners are running out of money. The cable system 
and how it printed money for decades dried up. ESPN is openly talking about once they get to about 50 million homes, they used to be in 110 million homes. Think about this. At one point, there are over 100 million homes that ESPN was in that has been dropping and the rate continues to increase. And it's got to the point where the magic number is 50 million. And that's when they're going to go to direct to consumer. And you and I are going to be paying 50 bucks a month to watch football and other sports. And there's a reckoning coming for the money related to football. Now, again, the NFL is going to be fine. College football, they're going to have to start getting really judicious. And here's why getting back to the start of this conversation, and why the golden handcuffs of the ACC grant of rights might actually benefit the ACC in the long run is because we're about five years away from a real decision happening. Within five years, schools are going to find out from their conference, hey, I know we can't kick you out. Let's, for the sake of the conversation, let's go to the SEC and the Big Ten. Just go to Boston College if you want. Wait, let's let, no, no, let's go to the two conferences. Let's go to the two conferences that are bloated right now. Go to Wake Forest. Or... The, the ACC has to be taken out of this conversation okay. as they're currently constructed because they're fine. Okay. okay. All right. Well, let's go to the Big I'm just Ten. trying to get in trouble Big, with my people. I know. Big Ten is up to 18 teams. All right. Yeah. The SEC is up to 16 teams. All 16 teams are not in championship position. All 18 teams in the Big Ten are not in championship position. You have the Vanderbilts of the world. You have the Illinois, Rutgers, et cetera. There's any number of teams that you can point to going, what exactly are you doing with all this money? Now, you could say you pay them to lose because somebody has to lose in your conference. But how much should they be getting to lose? You can't kick them out because because I know that's the, the popular conversation. Kick these teams out. You can't because the schools will sue your ass if you try to kick them out. However... What Florida State and Clemson are ultimately right about, it's, hey, look, if we're the football schools and we're the ones that are driving viewership, we should be getting a higher cut of the money. Now, I'm against unequal revenue share because that, I'm, I'm against it because that's what made the ACC in a strong position in the first place that had Big East schools come to you. Unequal revenue share did not save the Big 12 from having Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC because of access and money, et cetera. Not that Oklahoma and Texas needed the money. So I'm against unequal revenue share in on principle. However, I'm a realist, and I know where these things are going. And these schools are going to be told, hey, guys, so you're getting the same amount of TV money as Ohio State and Michigan? No, nah, that, that's, that we really can't do that anymore. Because what's going to happen is that the elite level schools, when the next round of television arrangements come around, and again, that's why I say in the next five to 10 years, 2030 is the number I keep putting out there as the big shift in television. Some television network or some of these high level schools are all going to get together and we're finally going to get what we've been talking about. And that is the Super League. Because this is not sustainable. Football. For football. Yeah. It's not sustainable. The Big Ten at 18 teams is not sustainable. It's too bloated. By the way, NIL is not sustainable. Well, did you see what happened with Texas A&M? Did no. you see that story? No. So this is, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially they just shut down their 12, 12th man plus program, their NIL program, like a, a subscription service mm-hmm. that gets you, hey, keep adding money and that's yeah. what we get the players. They ran into IRS problems. For too much or so they suspended for shell it. gaming? I haven't seen the particulars of it. All I know is that they've had to suspend it because the IRS, not because the NCAA. Right. Because the IRS, because real money causes real problems. Shout out to Biggie. So that's where I see these things going. You say it's going to run out. The money is eventually going to run out. 
I can't stress this enough. Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, has been openly talking on these calls about shifts in ESPN. Well, the money under the current model is going to run out. Under the, well, the, the, but the model of streaming isn't working out for these companies either. That's what I'm saying. But Disney's but lighting money on fire for Disney+. Plus. Netflix has had to reassess how they go about their You spending. mean that whole generation that refuses to pay for anything huh. is now going to trickle up to the highest levels Weird. of companies? Weird, right? So that's Someone why I spent 24 years in the newspaper business. Huh. <laughs> and you mean the model so, that used to work where you used to make a whole bunch of money? That changes, then you have to change yeah. and you don't make all that money uh -huh. anymore and you can't make really stupid decisions like acquiring, yeah. you know, premium assets at a premium price in a, in a distressed market. Weird. Well, that's exactly what's going on with these conferences. They're too bloated. The Big, Ten, the Big Ten at 18 teams is way too bloated. They got too many teams making too much money and Ohio State, Michigan and the like are going to sit here and go, well, why are we sharing this money? That's why I say Florida State and Clemson are ultimately right. But the dynamics are changed when you're in a smaller conference. When you're in a bloated conference like this, it's going to shift. Now, speaking of conferences and who gets to say what in a conference, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> so Larry Williams over at Tiger Illustrated. This is this is just this is too so good, good, man. We love Larry. this is this is just too good. So Larry Williams over at Tiger Illustrated, the 24-7 site, uh, tweets out yesterday saying, hey, so the school that's really pushing for Cal and Stanford to, Stanford to join the ACC is Notre Dame. And of course, I read that. I go, well, cool. But, you know, they have a five-eighths vote, just like their schedule, right? Apparently not. Oh, apparently they have a full vote. So here is Larry on, uh, on Tiger Illustrated. We're told that Notre Dame is pushing hard for the additions of Stanford and Cal, that the Irish have full voting rights in the first place is a story unto itself because it feels like Notre Dame's loyalty and commitment to the ACC is about as real and meaningful as Lene Kakua. So good, Larry. <laughs> so good. Even if you detach yourself from seeing Clemson's side of things, as I do, objectively, this feels like a problem. Quote, it's definitely odd, a high-placed contact said today when we expressed our, our concern. So that is from Larry Williams over at Tiger Illustrated. I tweeted this last night, and it, and it bears repeating. I hope that when Notre Dame is sitting and go, yeah. Let's, let's bring in Stanford and Cal. We play Stanford. This is a great idea. Get them in our schedule rotation. They should join the ACC. It's great that somebody, a president or an AD said, cool, you first. Please tell me a president <laughs> said that. Please tell me a president went, huh? So, so we're that, we're that good, huh? So what's stopping you from being a full-time member? So do you it's think, the strangest thing, man. Do you think Notre Dame will move Peacock numbers? No, I don't. Interesting. I don't. I I, I feel that um, there is a, there's a, there's an, uh, this is all anecdotal. So if we ultimately have a super league, are we looking at a, a English premier league model yes. where you have to pay for yes. everything? Well, either that or the broadcast. No, there is no free lunch. The, prod, the broadcast networks will be the ones that are carrying the super league for, let's say 24 teams. Right. Okay. You got 24 teams in the Super League. They'll be the ones that are broadcast on Fox, on NBC proper, on on the over the air. But how is that different from what we have now? And why didn't our light go out? I don't know. Why did the light go out? Did the light blow out? That's not good. Let's try that again. Did it get unplugged? Ethan. We're gonna have to did it get unplugged. Oh, you know what it was? What was it? It was running on battery. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> live, folks. It's live. So old. <laughs> <laughs> you plug it in is it on now uh oh 
There we go. Back in the game. Where were we? I'm going to leave this all in. Well, the Super League. I'm so, saying right now in the English Premier League, and if so people who don't know, yeah. like if I live in London, I can't just turn on the local BBC and watch a game. Right. You have to pay a premium exorbitant price to watch your team. You can pay for the weekend, like a pay-per-view. Right. It's right. pretty wild. It is, it like, is, I just want to buy this review. Yeah. Correct. So are we, is that where you're saying we're headed to? Yes, that is where we're headed. Okay. That Ultimately, is where we're headed. For NFL, for this, for anything. And what Notre Dame, and maybe Notre Dame is right in waiting it out and not joining the league outright. Although I will, I will say this, there's nothing stopping Notre Dame from joining the ACC full-time right now for the next five years or through 2036. And then they can leave the ACC whenever the Super League happens. There's, they don't have to wait it out. They can join now and they can solve all these problems and get people to shut up for the next five to 10 years. But to your point and Peacock, what we're finding out, so just like with MLS. So our generation who wants to watch Notre Dame mm-hmm. in theory and the older generation, they'll go watch it, but you're missing the casuals. You're, you've lost casuals. Okay. The people who are just on a but Saturday, I think we're and all going to lose casuals. I think we're all going to lose casuals. Yes, we're under this model. It. Yes, absolutely. That's what the Premier League decided. There yep. are no, there are no in betweens. Nope. You, you, you either ride for this or you're not. <laughs> either you're watching, I don't know, Faulty Towers, right? Or you're watching English Premier League. Either you yeah. is or you ain't. I mean, that's really what it is uh, when it comes to English Premier League, and that's where we're headed with college football specifically. Do you have feedback for the show? Like, do you have lighting suggestions? <laughs> By all means, email the OG goes digital <laughs> at gmail.com. I actually had some constructive criticism uh, via email yesterday. Okay. You know, hey, look, love the podcast. Here's XYZ. I'm like, hey, thank you for the feedback. So being completely honest here, I'm not just being an ass. You got feedback? By all means, shoot it to us. I love all the positive vibes, but positive vibes can present themselves in some constructive criticism. So if you have some, by all means, shoot us an email. The OG goes digital at gmail.com. I've been putting more stickers in the mail. If uh, you haven't, if you've emailed me about the sticker and you haven't gotten one yet, it's on the way. I had to go buy more stamps. So just wait. You're buying like forever stamps or something. Yes, I am. And just bought a roll of a hundred forever stamps. Speaking of models, I thought I had to change. It was funny. I went to the the post office and they had sheets. Like, do you have the roll of the forever ones? And like, no, I got sheets. Which one do you want? I'm like, "Mm." oh, Buzz Lightyear. Fun. So there's a whole bunch of So the post office still exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm just tying this to our previous conversation. No, it's not to change, right? It still exists. You know what else exists? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are all around, man. And oh, by the way, with stickers, just email subject line sticker with your address if you haven't done that yet. And I'll get around to uh, to getting to it to you. Mosquitoes exist, unfortunately, but you can keep them in check. Just contact Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. They've come through this summer. They've been absolutely fantastic. And Pest Authority can take care of those critters that are trying to come into the house now that it's hot, look for that moisture. You don't want that. Yeah, the mice. That that's some of the only ways I was able to get rid of some of the stuff in my attic was there was mice droppings, and my wife was finally like, "Yeah, we don't need we don't need we James's care baby that. clothes from uh, 2006 anymore." <laughs> so I was kind of thankful for the mice, but I was more thankful. Think of the grandkids. But I was more thankful for Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, yeah. Hayes Lancaster, and his crew. They are the best. Go check them out at BugsBite.com. And shout out to Oak City Sports Cards. You can check them out. On, you can check them out downtown Raleigh. Uh, get your cards graded. I think that's how Gilio is paying for ECU tuition. You're selling things to Oak City, getting and those things graded. Next level. Speaking of things in my attic, I had a 1928 World Series program. I actually probably should have offered it to your dad. It was the Cardinals and Yankees. I had no idea what that thing was worth. 
bought it over to Wesson at Oak City Sports Cards. Got that thing up on his eBay site, believe it or not. Nice. Got it sold. We're on our way. And the lights are on at the Chilio household for this month. All right, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, it's our, it's friend. our friend, another another former media guy who's out of the game, Mark Armstrong, formerly of WTVD, ABC 11, now painting your houses in various other places with, wow, one day. Did I say that right? Wow, Wait. one day. Now, this yeah. is, hey, now, look, Mark, first one's free, okay? <laughs> Give me the first taste for free. First one's free on the podcast. <laughs> But the, the reason why uh, we wanted you on, because we've been texting about this, you're a Utah guy, and we've been focused on this from the ACC perspective, and the ACC has been around for a long time, and the schools around here are the founding members of the ACC. You, on the other hand, as a Utah guy, kind of speak to the other end of this realignment stuff, a little bit of a nomad. Like, how many conferences has Utah been in? Uh, with rebrandings and changes, I can think of uh, four in the past. Yeah. And can I just, with with recent news events, can we just clarify that by Utah guy, you mean a man who's a fan of University of Utah? Yes. Because Utah guy takes on a different connotation over the last 24 hours or so. (laughs) (laughs) You're a true Ute. Yes, you're a Ute. You're a Ute. So has this affected your fandom in any way? Um, I, I think, you know, just like you said, we've been texting about this. You just, you, you start to strip away. I mean, part of this by virtue of having worked in media for so long, you guys can speak to this too. You kind of strip away some of the rabid, you know, stuff anyway, yeah. by virtue of having worked at, in the profession, but you just are less emotionally involved and tied by, but you have to be, otherwise you'd constantly be stressing out and worried and stuff like this. So I, you know, if we're in the Big 12, great. Like, I'm excited that we have BYU rivalry games in conference again. That's, of course, that's a great thing. But even that, if you ask people who are fans of BYU and Utah, there's a big divide on that, too. There's a lot of people on either side who don't want to play each other. And Utah fans got high and mighty for a while when we were in the Big Pac-12 and BYU was independent. And uh, we thought we were above them and didn't need to play BYU and would rather play other more highly rated teams, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm like, if we're in the Big 12, great, but don't expect me to be excited about playing Baylor and Kansas State. And all. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm still going to watch Utah football games. But is there really a difference between playing Baylor and Texas Tech and can and Kansas State and Arizona State and Arizona and Cal? Like, really I think there's like a regional at least Pac-12. I felt like we were in the right region, and like with the Mountain West, I feel like we're in the right region, and. You know, I guess so then you'd say, well, you should be excited about playing Colorado. I also don't care about playing Colorado. And I think that's reflexive um, kind of putting my hand up when they try to make a rivalry, manufacturing a rivalry. I mean, nobody in college who's college fans wants to be told who their rival is. You know who your rival is. Pitt in Carolina. Bubba Cunningham's been telling us about that sweet, sweet pit. Although that played out in basketball the last couple of years, if you're being real. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, sorry. So, what you're getting out of here is you're still going to ride for Utah. You're still going to be a Ute, but you're, because I, I, I'm going to push back on this idea. You're not that rabid unless you're just acting on Twitter. Because I see your tweets, dude. I no, think, I, well, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you circled back to that. No, I mean, I do, I do. And part of that, though, was not strategic. That's too strong a word. But when, when you're working as a sportscaster in a very tribal area like we know this is, right? Mm-hmm everybody is always suspecting that secretly you're in the bag for this school or that school. So I took the tack of, no, here's my school. 
and you can see how much I care about mm-hmm. this. Is, this is where my fandom lies, right? So I, I thought that was a good way to just kind of delineate myself from, you know, and you still get accused of it anyway. So it's a pointless exercise. But um, that was that was why I was really overt. And, and, and but I think you've seen over the years, I've probably gotten a little less so with mm-hmm. Utah. I mean, three and four years ago, I was ranting into the night, Pac-12 after dark, all caps. And that's not as frequent anymore, I think. Or maybe it's just because I've gotten conditioned to success too. I, I mean, say, the football there is that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Come on, yeah so man. that I, I just, you know, if a game, if we're winning games, that's just, that's what I expect now. And before it was always a coin flip. Also, your body clock has shifted now that you're no longer doing 11 o'clock sports, right? That's right. Yes, it definitely has. It definitely has. I'm, I mean, I used to not go to bed until about 2.30 in the morning, like go to bed, meaning sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's perfect that, for Pac-12 after dark. I could not tell you. Yeah, I used to love it. I used to love it seeing that at 11 o'clock kickoff. I'm like, that's I'm all about it. And mm-hmm. now that would be a stretch, especially the way we play. We don't usually play, you know, Rose Bowl is accepted. We usually are more grinded out type team. And uh, that's hard to stay awake for sometimes if the game is already in the bag one way or the other. We were just talking about the future of, of TV and the future of sports on TV. And I'm curious with your perspective. Uh, Joe, we, Joe, we've got a super league going here. That'll be English premier league style where you have to pay for everything. What do you, what do you think the future of uh, sports on TV looks like? I think, yeah, I think we have to be as cynical as humanly possible that people are going to try and squeeze every last dollar at the direct expense of the fans out of the product. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you use the term casuals in context of soccer. That's actually a, a term that's used derogatorily. Like, are you a fan or are you a casual? Um, and and I think that's maybe how it progresses here too, in terms of the people who are pulling the levers of this stuff, they don't care about casual fans and they don't, I mean, they don't care about hardcore fans either. They care about the bottom line. That's it. So, I mean, I have the most cynical view possible, whatever is going to best serve the corporations <laughs> and least serve the fans is what we're going to do. Huh. Do you work for one? Uh, <laughs> at, at any point, did you work for a large corporation that does these types of things? I don't know. You miss any of this shit or no? Uh, I I don't miss the mechanics of doing the job at all. Um, I'm, I'd be lying if I said I don't sometimes miss just concerning my wealth with self with sports for a living. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with customers, most of whom are fantastic, is great. Um, there are some who aren't so fantastic. Um you know, those are the days I'm like, I used to just talk about sports for two and a half where's minutes. Charlie, where's Bridget? Yeah, where's Charlie Mickens when I need him most? Show up with a TV camera and try and disarm this situation a little or something like that. But no, I don't, I don't miss, you know, I love the fact that if I go to a game now, when the game ends, I'm out, man. Yeah, That's man. not when the work starts. Uh, that part is fantastic. And, and just I, I find myself watching probably 50% less than I did before just by virtue of not having a professional uh, responsibility to do it. I will say this, and and maybe this is you're better suited to answer this question because you're completely out. I will admit that in the last three months, as this has been, you know, we've, we've been trying to get this thing going, how much stuff you don't pay attention to, or like, you know, like, like the casuals versus the hardcores. Casual fans, what you come to find out is, yeah, they'll they'll sample a game from time to time, but they're not living it on Twitter constantly. Uh, they're not living it 
in these conversations where you think every single move is like the biggest thing. Like for instance, the Panthers training camp stuff. I know you probably don't miss Panthers training camp going out to the, uh, and then trying miss, to make chicken miss, salad out of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a fun little, uh, I missed, there was an Austrian restaurant in Spartanburg named Gerhard's. <laughs> that was a tradition for me in game day, Charlie. And uh, we would post up there. I miss Gerhard's. I do not miss standing in the Spartanburg heat at Wofford college. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but my, my point is that, you know, when you're living it every day, you're thinking, all right, well, you know, Bryce Young had like two picks today, but he recovered a little bit later on. But most people, the first time they actually get to check out Bryce Young this upcoming season will be in the, in the what is it, the preseason game on Sunday or whatever it is. Uh, and they see that first series and then they'll, they might not even watch that. They'll just wait for week one to finally get their eyes on Bryce Young. And it, and it kind of recalibrates, you know, how you feel about this stuff. Yeah, it's the, be- it's the benefit of perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're outside, I, I mean, because it has so little bearing on my life, you know, when you're doing it for your profession, of course, that's your life. But mm-hmm. when you're not, the outcome of these games or these little storylines from day to day just have absolutely no material difference to my life. So. All right. So you're going to super tweet, you're going to or X or whatever it is uh, for some Utah football here. You ready? Um, Are they going to be I, any good this year? Where where where'd they show up in the coaches? Ball? Oh, I haven't even looked at 14, okay. I think, is where we were. Um, yeah, we should be good. Our quarterback, Cam Rising, the long-haired Desperado, uh, should be. We're hearing he will be recovered uh, from his ACL that he suffered in the last uh, Rose Bowl. So, I'm, I mean, listen, we're forever, for eternity, we are champions of the Pac-12. So that's a pretty cool thing to hang your hat on. Now we go. Now we're going to roll into the. Now we're going to roll into the truck stop conference and show them what's what too. Get yourself a uh, Stucky's pecan log, and you'll be good to go. All right, Mark. Appreciate it, man. It's good catching up. All right, see you guys. <laughs> that's Mark Armstrong, former uh, TVD sports anchor. I would like to go to a Utah BYU football game. It looks gorgeous. Oh, it looks absolutely gorgeous out there. And yes, I, I would- I've never been to Utah. Have I been to Utah? I've I've been to Nevada. Yes, I have been to Utah. I've been to Colorado. Again, I'm the same person yesterday that didn't understand like where Blacksburg was on a map. So, you know, some of us don't have maps. Recall the old Miss America. I do love a road trip. If you're getting ready for a road trip, drop on by, breeze through. We're in that like dog days of summer. Maybe you got one last trip out to the beach planned. Maybe you've got. Um, maybe you're going to Greenville. Ma- maybe on that's Tuesday. Like like what you're doing as you're getting ready to move your kid in. Maybe uh, you got to take some 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 strength to get that car packed just right. Get the room set up just right. You mean coffee, right? You need dark roast yeah. coffee. So go to breeze, breeze through. through. Go to breeze through. I uh, got the twenty dollar there right today. Lifetime refill tumblers. We'll try to give one out later today on mixtape. Pool road. We haven't given one away yet. I actually heard from our listener, one of our listeners, Jason. You made, made it difficult. Well, he was not mad intentionally. At, he but. was mad at me because he's like, you couldn't give me fresh prints. Oh, I was like, I thought you would know Sublime, <laughs> just like I thought Andrew yesterday would know fresh prints. Yeah. Gonna find out if people know what the deal is today. I'm telling you, it's the cadence. It's throwing people. It off. must be the case. That must be the case. Regardless, like we're putting a clock on them. Drop by, <laughs> drop by breeze through. And uh, we're actually going to be doing a show from a breeze through beer cave in about a month. I'm very excited from the cave, it. from the cave. Uh, also butcher's market, check them out locations across the triangle. I know people have been true believers in the steak and cheese sandwich. Keep doing it. Awesome. Love to see that. 
but also understand that with tailgating season coming around uh, with football, they got all your tailgating needs. They got the seasoning. They got marinades. They have, most importantly, uh, the, the meat. The meat, <laughs> but all the other things that go along with it, they've got it at Butcher's Market. It's not just that case. They got a bunch of other stuff too. Sides, beer as well. Mm-hmm. Really good beer selection. So go check out the Butcher's Market. So I mentioned uh, when we we're talking with Mark, we were talking about the Carolina Panthers and we finally hit that point in training camp where it's getting real. Oh, because they got their they had the scrimmages, they got their they joint got, practices yeah. with the New York Jets that started this week. You got hard knocks coming on down too. So right. I might actually check out hard knocks next week. I watched last week's. I watched the first one. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch heavy it. Heavy on, uh, on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Of course it is. As one would expect. Of course it is. Of course that's the case. But speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he, he met with the media and he was asked if he had anything to say to Bryce Young, the rookie quarterback. Here's this guy who's been on a journey. He had his ayahuasca tea. He's done his dark retreat. You know, he's lived this life, man. Did he impart any deep wisdom to Bryce Young? Uh, be gentle with yourself. It's a long journey. Uh, it feels like every little snap... And practice is the end of the world if it doesn't go right. It's not true. It's a long, uh, long journey. Try to hold on to your confidence and enjoy the ride, enjoying little things every day. But I think he's got a great head on his shoulders and he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. Be gentle with yourself. You know what? Aaron Rodgers isn't wrong there. Be gentle on yourself, man. It's all good. We'll say this about the Panthers. The they they continue to do an excellent job positioning Bryce Young as somebody who is absolutely lovable. I can't think of another. I've been trying to come up with another phrase, another word that doesn't make it sound like he's cute and cuddly or whatever it is. There's big Steph Curry energy with him. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's what Frank Reich mentioned about Bryce Young in terms of what they expect out of him. Okay. Okay. So here is Frank Reich from yesterday's uh, press conference after they got done with that first joint practice. And it's all about understanding roles. There's a deeper conversation about what they're doing with their wide receivers and how they, you know, there's always like a new guy that's stepping up every day. Like this guy's stock is rising. This guy's stock is dropping. We want our quarterbacks to distribute the ball, be playmakers, be the Steph Curry, you know, be the Steph Curry that, you know, just get the ball to these guys, let them make plays for you. So there you go. That was Frank Reich on Bryce Young as Steph Curry actually ties back to something you said last week. And what do you expect out of Bryce Young in year one? You know, pocket Mahomes, like little tiny Mahomes, all that stuff that gets everybody to roll their eyes. No, that's not it. It's like, let's put you, they have an offensive line, continuity on the offensive line that should protect him. Now it's the gamble on veteran wide receivers stepping up and putting Bryce Young in position to succeed. And that's what he's getting at essentially. Our friend Darren Gant actually asked Frank Wright about that earlier in the week. Uh, essentially, for context here, Hayden Hurst was the guy that saw most of your guy, your guy, Hayden Hurst, saw most Ooh. of the action, right? And Gant asked him a question about, like, you know, is he kind of like your number one? But Reich had an interesting response to that. Frank, when you guys were kind of designing what you wanted the passing game to look like, does Hayden almost become like that number one receiver since there's not that quote unquote true number one among this group? Yeah. So, Darren, that, that's well said. And here's how, but here, and I would even say, add this to what you're saying. We really design it so that we have a different number one receiver on every play. That's not just number one in the progression, which that you would say, duh, everybody does that. But like, 
we're going to really move guys around to put them. So some guys have a special, you know, I, I think everybody's got a superpower, right? We always say, hey, what's your superpower? And put guys in position to use their superpower. Maybe they can't, maybe there's one or two routes that they run better, or just have a better feel or instinct for. So let's put him in position to run that, use that superpower on that route, on that play. He's our number one receiver. On this one, it's, hey, you know, I mean, and mix it up like that. So there you go. There's Frank Reich on how they're rotating through their wide receivers. Use your superpowers. I'm telling you, this whole entire offseason, I, I am a I am a certified Panthers hater. Mm-hmm. Certified. You, are. you have been for a while. Ha- from day one, mm-hmm. have been a certified Panthers hater. Everything they've done in this offseason, I've loved. I've loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see them failing this year. I see them winning this division. I see them making the playoffs. And what I see, again, is I think the problem comes down the road. And we've seen this before. And, and last year, what they were 7 and 10 last year. Yeah. We've seen this before. Like, it's it's kind of sort of easy to go from 7 and 10 to 10 and 7. It's, it's not that hard. It's not. You, you just have to basically take care of your business against the crappy teams, mm-hmm. which they absolutely did not do. They never did. Rule. That's, I mean, the reason why Matt Rule is no longer the coach, for a variety of reasons, is that he just couldn't take care of business against the teams you're supposed to take care of business. Yeah. So I think they can pretty easily pop to that top of that division, win mm-hmm. the division, make the playoffs, probably lose their playoff game. And people will be like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. Right? Because think about the recent number one picks. And I, what I think of is Joe Burrow and how he was hurt his first year. The Bengals weren't good. Then all of a sudden he shows up in this freaking Super Bowl, Joe. Mm-hmm. Like I don't expect to see Bryce Young in the Super Bowl anytime soon. But I do think the bill, the Bills, I do think the Panthers, <laughs> the Bills South now mm-hmm. are I think they're going to be a consistent, as long as Frank Reich's there, and as long as this group is together, I think they're going to be a consistent team that doesn't beat itself, but also there aren't going to be a whole lot of wows, in my opinion. I don't see a whole lot of wows on the the offensive side of the football. That's fine. That's not how... Bill Belichick has literally made a living as considered to be the GOAT by saying, let the other team beat itself. You don't have to win games Mm -hmm. because your opponent will lose. Mm Mm-hmm. So there, there's certainly a value in that. I just don't think you're good. They're not going to pop, in my opinion. But I think they are going to be steady, Eddie, and they're not going to say stupid things. The, Young's got a great personality. Frank Reich has a, has a great worldview from where he is now. He's 63 years old. Yeah, This isn't a young guy coming in trying to cut his teeth. This is a guy trying to apply all of the lessons that he's learned all along the way to try to make a run at this thing in a way he never had at Indianapolis, quite frankly, because they had six different quarterbacks in six years, right? I don't have the stats in front. Well, they also bet on the wrong QBs. That's fine. But he's looking at this like, hey, yeah, this is not a young guy going in somewhere, you know, full of piss and vinegar being like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to disrupt. This is a guy going, I've learned these lessons. I've hired some really good people around Mm me. We've made some smart moves in free agency and in the draft. Yes. And we have a team that right now can compete and be in the playoffs. My concern is I don't see them making the next step. So I'm already hitting the fast forward button on this year. Yeah. Everything they've done this year has been spot on. It's interesting. I was reading. It's no longer the football outsiders almanac. Okay. uh, That group apparently got shut down because, hey, private equity, Florida State, be careful with private equity. They might insert a chat bot to be your coach and then shut you down because you had to pivot to video. I'm just saying. So football outsiders, I don't think exists anymore. So the guy, the editor, Aaron Schatz, ended up leaving for like fantasy draft network or whatever. But they put out the almanac. And I'm a huge fan yes, of I, the football outsiders yes, almanac. They, they've been used many times. 
in the old office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Yeah. I was going to say, you saw my stack yes. of, of football. Outside. Very handy. So I recently purchased the PDF version of this new iteration of the Almanac. And I was reading the Panthers blurb this past week. And I almost got, I almost got upset because they spent half of this blurb trying to retcon Matt rule as a head coach. Now the ultimate point is true because right? a couple things can be true at once with the Carolina Panthers over the last couple of years. We can point to Matt Rule's head coaching ability at the NFL being the reason why they had a losing record in close games. I forgot what the old Bill Voth record was in the Panthers under Matt Rule and what the record was under close. I don't have it in front of me, but they didn't win close games. Why didn't they? Well, because they would do boneheaded things. They didn't know how to run a two-minute drill. They would settle for 63-yard well, field goals. They didn't practice it. It was like clock management was a disaster. Just a lot of like, why did you do this? Okay. But what football, what the Almanac pointed out that I, I could not disagree with is that between Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, the general manager, they made really sound decisions on some key pieces that Frank Wright gets to work with right now. Yeah. All right. Whether it's a Quanu, whether it's uh, defensive back pairings, et cetera. Right. But they never they never got risky with the quarterback. Right. Where they did get risky was on taking flyers on guys that didn't pan out somewhere else. For instance, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Although the Teddy Bridgewater conversation is a different conversation, in my opinion. So they bet wrong. And that's the similarity between Frank Reich and Matt Rule, though, in that they're, they both found themselves unemployed at their franchises because they made the wrong bets on QBs. Now, some of that is in your control. Some of it is out of your control. All right. You're, you're impugning Frank Reich here. Frank Reich, this, this is what I was getting at. Because his Frank, record with a rotating cast of quarterbacks was superior. They were superior, but they knew that the quarterbacks were not the answers at the end of the day. They were taking sure. risks on old quarterbacks having one last thing in the tank. It didn't exactly pan out. He couldn't do anything about Andrew Luck. All right. That's a Jim Irsay problem, not a Frank Reich problem. But what do we have? We have Philip Rivers went eleven and five with with the Philip with the Philip. What they did with Matt Ryan last year that was a disaster. Well, he was three five and one. He got fired. After he, got, a, he got fired after that. Nine games. Matt but, Ryan did not play that many games. He said nine and eight was with Wentz. Okay, the year before. But that was a wrong bet on Wentz having something left in the tank still because uh, there was all sorts of issues here. And this, but this is what gives me team. optimism. They just struggled down the stretch. They couldn't close that thing out. But this is what it ultimately gives me optimism in that they went with Bryce Young, and this is something the Almanac pointed out that I agreed with in that. Bryce is not on the same trajectory of all the quarterbacks that Frank Reich has typically worked with, the traditional passer and things like that. But what Bryce Young, and this ties it back to the receivers and being the Steph Curry, what Frank Reich ultimately wants is somebody who's going to make the right decisions. And what we what have we always heard about Bryce Young? High decide. Next level next level intelligence. Next level intelligence. And that's ultimately why I think it's going to work out uh, in the long run, because they've got the right pieces in place. They're not yeah. sexy, but they got the right pieces in place, and they should, with that division, be able to take care of it and win that division. So back to the Panthers and, and how everything is just kind of happy and hunky-dory and why Bryce Young is just adorable. Panthers put this out yesterday, and it was titled, When Your Bestie Just Won't Let You Win. And this is a back and forth with Bryce Young at the podium with a teammate. Uh I'm, I'm sorry. There's someone that's a little rude that looks like it's just interjecting. But um, Brian Burns from BB Love Entertainment. I have a question. Um, 
you know, how's it, you know, being on a team with a guy such as Brian Burns? Like, let, let us know about that. Yeah, um, you know, I think that it's just great when you, you know, when you have a, a locker room and a, and a group of guys that, you know, we're, we're all, you know, we're all bought in and we all care and we all care about the team, you know, and, you know, we all just, we all get along so well. Like, it's a great concept. And we're like one player, we're one player away from that, of us just really being like, just a complete, we all love each other. It's just a great locker room. There's just that one guy that's just there and, huh? Which guy? I, you know, I think people. <laughs> Again, adorable, adorable between Bryce Young and, and Burns. Have some fun, man. Which Why by not? The other thing too that happened this week, uh, they added Houston uh, in a free agent quarter, a free agent signing to counterbalance Burns. Okay. Again, he's got history with Frank Reich. All this just kind of illustrating the point, the moves for the Carolina Panthers so far this year have been the right moves, in my opinion. Now it's just a matter of getting out to week one and seeing where this thing goes. Oh, one other thing about vibes. Uh, Snoop Dogg just played at Walnut Creek. Yes. And I guess he's in Charlotte for uh, at whatever the pavilion is out in Charlotte. Okay. And uh, the, the Panthers retweeted this with Uncle Snoop knows. And it's Snoop rocking a Bryce Young jersey while doing his dancey dance. Mm, yeah, not feeling it. Snoop's black and yellow, man. Come on. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you know how but I feel about artists, people. They're artists, you know man. How they're artists. They're artists. About jumping. Artists Live always, code, man. Artists always <laughs> are going to go for the you cheap pop, man. You know how I feel about the jumpers. They're always going for the cheap pop. You can't sing a black and yellow song. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, not, and then try to rep anyone else. <laughs> well, Zephyr would respect it. Speaking of which, <laughs> do I do I have time to go pull this up in terms of the uh in terms of who you're repping? For instance, Steve, uh, Steve, Steve Smith is with the Panthers. Yeah. He's, he's helping out with social media. He's on the broadcast for the preseason with Taylor Zarzer. He should be doing with Taylor. Yeah, he's doing all that stuff. But you know, I guess he has he has his places to go and people to see and everything else. So I was on Twitter and oh yeah, here it is. I can pull it up real quick. Uh, you have uh, Brooke Pryor, our friend from ESPN who covers the Steelers, and she pointed out, hey, they'll let anyone be a ball boy at Steelers camp. And there's Steve Smith rocking that black and yellow. So what do you have to say about that, Joe? Uh, I'm okay with the athlete. It's himself. Okay. Because he played for what? Played for the Ravens. Yeah. And, Raven, the, and, and the Panthers. And the Panthers. But he's... Well, now Ravens. Ravens might Steelers. Be Steelers. So what do we got going on here? Okay. Just, but he might be a, a G for Mike Tomlin. Man. Everybody loves Isn't Mike Isn't everybody? <laughs> everybody loves Mike Tomlin. Except the Pittsburgh media. <laughs> Hometown Realty sponsors Ovias and Gilio, and we need you to buy a house or sell a house with Hometown Realty. So check them out online, myhtr.com. Again, that's myhtr.com. Get Barry Woodard and his team. They're going to help you. Mm-hmm. Don't mess around with these. Here, I'm going to buy your house for, for $12 and you lose money. <laughs> no. <laughs> Barry Woodard, myhtr.com. Six locations, more than 250 agents. Do you think you get 250 agents by accident? No. Without knowing what you're doing, without be getting the best possible deal for you and your home, for reals. So ignore all those stupid billboards of, of you know who that is. <laughs> Screw that guy. Go with Barry. Go with Speaking of local, Whitaker and Hamer, they've got law offices across North Carolina. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Maybe they can 
they could do a contract where you can get somebody like Snoop Dogg saying you can only wear your you can team. Only rep your team. You can only rep your team when you go on concerts. None of these cheap pops. None of them. I don't want you wearing a Bryce Young jersey at the Charlotte Music Pavilion. I need you repping that black and yellow all the time. That's what it is. Or the Raiders. So that's what you need. Maybe they can do that for you. Check them out again online. WH.lawyer. All right, it's Thursday, which means it's time to say hello to intern Cal. Are you Patriots, Cal? I had to. Uh, no, you didn't. Technically. We're, we're talking NFL for the for one of the first times in the show, and the season's coming up, and I'm excited, so I had to pull it out. Okay, if you say so. If you say so. <laughs> so we gave you a homework assignment last week. We're going to go ahead and give you a Can homework. You block his screen so I don't have to see Teddy <laughs> You're like a blurring. No, I uh, actually, actually you know, I, don't. I actually don't have that. Come to think of it, um, so here's here's the uh, here's the thing. We you're blocking yourself. <laughs> don't block yourself. Don't block yourself. So last week's homework assignment was about worst to first and first to worst because there's always instances in the NFL where a team that was the the last place in their division turns things around and wins the division the following year. But we had a twist on this. How many times have teams won their division only to finish in last place. Now, before we bring up the doc, I already have next week's homework assignment for you. Travel. All right. Travel. Because the big 10 is making these points, these arguments. There was one board of trustee member who said in order for a team to get from, I forgot exactly where it was. I think like to get from Rutgers to Washington, it's actually easier for Rutgers to get to London or something like that. It's actually an easier trip considering bus travel and everything else. So I am curious, what would be the most difficult ACC trip be? That's a great question. Like, yeah, you know, we'll and, and that comes down to the airport, the commercial airport you have to fly into and the driving time that goes with it. So you think that's something you can handle? For sure. Yeah, that sounds really interesting with realignment, you know, being on the horizon and the Pac-12 only having four teams now. So, you know, with all those changes, that's an interesting question. Right. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll make that work. All right. So let's bring up this document that you uh, that you worked on. First to worst and worst to first in NFL season. I actually like the uh, the way this got abbreviated. <laughs> FTW and what the, um, I, I can't say that word because I think YouTube might get mad at me if I say that <laughs> word, WTF. So here's what, the largest gap is pretty fascinating from the first to worst, a 10-win gap. The 2013 Texans went from 12-4 and four in 2012 to 2-14 and 14 in 2013. I'm trying to recall why that happened. How'd they go from 12-4 and four to 2-14? and 14? Who got hurt? I have spent the week researching this, and I cannot find any significant injuries on that Texans team. And also, this was when J.J. Watt started to enter his prime as well. Yeah. Yeah. So... And before, obviously, drafting Deshaun Watson, uh, Matt Schaub was the quarterback at this time. And the previous year, they had set the record for average points in a game. And at the time, right, that record has since been broken. But mm-hmm. then they just they couldn't put together, won the first two games the next year, and lost the next 14. And so I couldn't strange. find anything to indicate why. So strange. Yeah, 14-game losing streak, worst in team history, coming off a franchise-best 12-4 and <laughs> record. And Texans tied a league record with the Houston Oilers, who, by the way, this is from Wikipedia, went 12-4 in 1993 and 2-14 in 1994 for the biggest season-to-season decline in win total. Now, the reason why we're focused on this particular group is because what you're looking at starts in 2002 mm-hmm. when we went to the four-team divisions in the NFL. Exactly, because just because of the evenness uh, to see kind of 
to assess the parity for this question. Meanwhile, you got the worst to first 10 win gap with the 2008 Miami Dolphins. It went from one and 15 in 2007 to 11 and five in 2008. Why? Tony Sperano. Wow. Yes, Tony Sperano. Okay, um, and also some pretty convincing uh, wins against the Patriots because obviously that year, Tom Brady was out all year. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. all Tom Brady. All Tom Brady. Although, yeah. Cal, how, I forgot. How yeah. old were you in 2008? Like, do you remember like it was yesterday? I, I, I do not remember like it was yesterday, but I... I am old enough to remember how disappointing it was. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Tony Sperano plus a wide open division at the time because the Bills and the Jets were still not doing well. So at that point, they took advantage of it, got some key wins, extremely impressive season. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool. All right. So I'm also curious about the, the this is the part that I'll not that I want to go all the way down. Here's the thing that I actually thought was fascinating. I texted with you about this last night first to worst first to worst off the top of my head i thought that probably doesn't happen very often a team that goes from first place in their division to last place i just it's not something i ultimately thought was uh, a large number and here we are it happened in 2022 21 20 twice in 20 18 17 16 15 like this happens a lot man (laughs) i know i'm just scrolling 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 because it happened to the panthers i know it happened to the panthers the Panthers are a super, super interesting team as well because um, that's the biggest drop uh, for a team that previously was a conference champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nine-game drop there. Obviously, only one below uh, the record, which is a 10-game drop. Um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of uh, viewers remember that season particularly well. But uh, still, still, there's a lot of questions about exactly why that was. Well, that was the um, – what, for, they went to – that was – was it Cam Newton got hurt? Mm-hmm. Now I have to go back and double check on this. I'll have to go back and double check on this. But yes, all right. And also, Kelvin uh, Benjamin came back that oh, year. That's so right. Just he didn't work. play in the Super Bowl year. <laughs> Subtraction by addition. Yes, that's true. So were you? So you were also surprised by the amount of teams that have actually had this happen to them. I was, and I think I was really expecting um, these categories to be completely dominated by the NFC East. And while the NFC East does lead uh, in in those areas, um, it's not as much of a lead as I thought was going to exist. The NFC West uh, also has experienced a lot of turmoil. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting how there's a, how it's spread out throughout the league. For opposite reasons, though. I mean, the East, anybody can win. Exactly. Because they're all bad or, or we're all bad. In the West, they were all pretty good. And it was just whose turn was it that year to be the best team from the West? Exactly. I went back and I looked. I forgot. Maybe because I blacked it out with okay. the Panthers. That was just a Super Bowl hangover. Just the hangover. It was the hangover. They lost in the Super Bowl. You'll remember, you know, Cam Newton didn't go for the fumble, all that stuff. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin got hurt, whatever. But that was a Super Bowl hangover. And then uh, the Panthers tried to make a comeback, of course, uh, the following year. I think it was the following year Cam Newton ends up um, getting popped in the shoulder. And yep. then the rest is history. If I, if off the top of my head, because I'm really, really terrible with this stuff, uh, when it comes to memory, that's why Al Gore invented Google. All right. So let's get to the worst of first. Yes. Uh, which is the thing that everybody yeah. focuses on. 18 in the last 20 years. We've yeah. had at least one team go from worst to first. Yes. And uh, the Bengals uh, are, you know, the hot name in there, obviously, because of Joe Burrow and everything else. Uh, now, this is the part of Cam. Wait. I mean, Cam. Cal, your chart. Don't make me start double checking your charts, Cal. What do we miss? Jaguars. The Jaguars last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jaguars did do that, didn't they? Oh. Uh-oh. 
There we go. Here, I'll, I'll add it right here. I've been, I've been I'll add it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe says Jags. So there you go. We'll just put that in bold underline. 2022. Joe says we'll make. So we've corrected the document. Well, that's weird though. The Bengals said that. What? 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 what can we connect? Connect a few dots here. Huh. The Bengals had the number one pick. Weird. <laughs> Somehow, funny how that works. <laughs> The Jaguars had the number one pick. Somehow went from worst to first, and now the, the Panthers technically tied for second, but also worst in, in the division, so they could go from worst to first with number one pick. Now, without looking, do you know the division that has these worst to firsts happen more often than not? Without looking. Yeah, so it's it's the NFC East there. Um, NFC, second man. is the NFC oh, South. Not the AFC well. East, because the Patriots have just won no. it for 100 years no. in a row. Exactly. Yeah. The, um, the so. NFC East is the coastal <laughs> chaos. It is the yeah. coastal division of the NFL. They they run through this, man. And it's like people limping to the finish line, too. These are not dominant teams that are winning the I NFC Philly East. Last year. It's just mm-hmm. somebody has to win it. Yeah. And, a lot of years, it's like worst to first is is going from 3-13 and 13 to 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. So... <laughs> First, in this case, is not exactly a compliment as it would no, be with like the 2008 Dolphins. It's not. So. It is not. It is not. All right, man. Uh, good stuff as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to travel agent intern Cal is one of our. Yeah, what are you going to wear next week? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'll I'll think about it. I'll, I'll come up with something else to aggravate you guys. Oh, he's going to wear a uh, Kihei Clark jersey. Ooh, I, I would never buy a Kihei Clark. Jersey. <laughs> I was going to say, There's, get out of here. All right, let her go. <laughs> intern Cal here on Ovius and Gilio. Do we need to get insurance for the intern? Is that something that, because he's not on the payroll, is he? No, not on the payroll. But, you know, if you need insurance or have any kind of different home, yeah. auto, my personal favorite, pet, or actually my second personal favorite, business. Mm-hmm. Our business needs insurance, as you like to tell me. Yes. And it is easy enough to find because of our friend Matt Davis. Just type in theoginsurance.com. Seriously, theoginsurance.com. Guess what? It's going to get you to Matt's homepage. It's going to take care of you. Check him out. Stay farm. And it's got financial services, too. It's got everything. Also, Homefield sponsors Ovias and Gilio. I saw where so you better pop up that tweet, man. Well, I'm actually on the Homefield website right now to uh, to to pull this up. So hold on a second, as I'm doing this on on YouTube. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up the Homefield website. We got vintage ECU Pirates apparel. Use that promo code OG23. Yes, and that'll get you 15 off your first order. There's the hoodie. Right there. Five stars only on that East Carolina. That is a good looking hoodie. It's very good. It's going to come in handy in the dorm when they're when freezing his butt off with the air conditioner. I'm assuming he's getting air conditioning in his dorm. Yeah, they, they don't do it any other way anymore. I was going to say, it's 2023, man. You telling me dorms post, don't have post, AC? Post-pandemic. I'm like, wait a second. We need people to be here. They have free laundry, too. <laughs> it's, what's funny is I, haven't, I have not actually seen the, oh, look at this. I didn't realize they had an ECU 92 Peach Bowl, Bowl chance. I'm telling you, for whatever reason, oh my our friends at Homefield Apparel love the Pirates because their ECU stuff is their best collection. Got the no quarter shirt. Mm-hmm. I love all this stuff. This is fantastic. Now, they, they, well, you know what they need to do? Is they need to contact Steve Logan and see if they can get a caricature of him with the towel around his <laughs> neck. That would be the move. All right. Because I know Logan's back doing some media these days. So uh, anyway, go to, go to homefieldapparel.com. Or just and, download the app. Yeah. There, and if you buy enough, there's actually like a super secret app. There's like a community you can be involved in. Shh, I'm a part of that. 
which, you know, you can connect with other fans. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's speaking to positive vibes. It's all positive vibes on this app. So anyway, go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to get 15% off your first order. So yesterday, we talked about the Streisand effect. Okay. When it came to the Baltimore Orioles and Kevin Brown, their play-by-play guy, who was suspended because he had the audacity to... To point out the Orioles' actual record in Tampa Bay. All to point out that they're really good this year. The whole the whole point of it right. was, man, we're having a really great season. Something, this is, something good could happen. Something special is on Something the special is happening. And to illustrate how special this is, here is how things have been versus where they are now. There was a graphic. It was in the game notes. And the Angelos family, which is now you know run by John, the, the fail son who gets to in, inherit these, these, these teams, suspended him. And people were like, well, why did this happen? Why was he suspended? Where'd he go? This is the Streisand effect. Essentially, you are creating more awareness of something by acting like this never happened. You just have to address it, and then yeah. it goes away. But by not addressing it, you're only drawing more attention to yourself. So that's what happened in Baltimore. Maybe there's something in the water in the area, but the same thing is happening in Washington right now with the football team and <laughs> Eric Bieniemy, their oh, offensive oh. coordinator. All right. Like these are things that you pick up on social media, you see them, and then you just go, okay, cool, shrug your shoulders and move on. There have been some reports from camp that Eric Bieniemy is really intense. Demanding. Super intense. I'm like, okay, cool. Why is this a story? And then the tweets persist. So it gets to a point, because you know how it is in Washington, man. They talk about that oh. team every freaking day. All right. They have radio stations that are branded as Washington football team radio stations, and that's all they talk about. A guy who used to work with us, Scott Jackson, uh, when he used to work at the uh, in this market, came from D.C. where he worked for a radio station where he literally did a Washington show every day from like 10 until noon. I don't know how you could do it, but they do it in Washington, man. I would go nuts. So you, you have that level of coverage, and it starts to build steam to the point where Ron Rivera, the head coach, had to address it. And he said some like, you know, really lousy, fair, casual. Yeah, I had some guys address it with me and I told them, you know, what was going on. And Jack Del Rio's on staff. And maybe Jack Del Rio has a little bit of an extra touch to him because he's a former head coach. (laughs) But Ron, Ron, stop it. Stop it. You just addressed the problem. Okay. Eric Eric Biamini's never been a head coach. He can't seem to get a job despite the fact that he's interviewed everywhere. He can't get a job despite the fact that guys in his position as an offensive coordinator for Andy Reid in Kansas City have gotten gigs with less experience. For some reason, Eric Bieniemy can't get a job. So when he moved to Washington, leaving the juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and being with Andy Reid, some people positioned it as, well, this is where he's really going to be able to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Leaving the nest. <laughs> There was a little bit more Scotty Montgomery in that move that we want to believe. Speaking of ECU, this is why it came to mind. Wow. Because I'm you, you put the ECU stuff in front of me, so now I'm thinking wow. about it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Scotty Moe yeah. was an offensive coordinator for David Cutcliffe at Duke. It, his time was up at Duke. Sure. So Sleeper agent by cut. Yeah. Rather than firing him, you saw the soft exit. Same thing happened to uh, to Odom, to Dave Odom at Wake Forest years ago, right? Where, hey, 
we don't want you at Wake Forest anymore. So he had the little quiet exit where he went to South Carolina and they won a bunch of NIT. NIT. NIT beast, man. Legend. So Scotty Montgomery had the quiet exit and he took the head coaching job at ECU. And of course, we know that was a disaster. The further we get away from this, the more it seems that Eric Bieniemy going to Washington is a Scotty Mo situation where Andy Reid's like, hey, man, we've done what we can do with you here. I can bring another guy in. How about you try somewhere else? And that might be the reason why you're not getting it. But this gets to another issue in Washington, new ownership and Ron Rivera being potentially on the hot seat with new ownership that the Eric Bieniemy mm. acquisition and the GM and all that stuff was under the previous regime. They've got their own ideas and Ron Rivera might be just setting it up that, Hey, look, man, if we suck, well, it's because this guy is just not vibing with Eric Bieniemy. So there's a layer of that. Okay. And this sucks for Sam Howell, by the way, because Sam Howell, I believe Sam Howell can be a starting QB in this league. I agree. All right. So this might screw with Sam Howell's development going forward. We shall see. But there's another thing going on here too with Eric Bieniemy, And this is a conversation that I don't know if people are ready to have. I get, and I have preached that Eric Bieniemy by now should have gotten a head coaching job based on how other coaches have become head coaches. All right. The hot new name, the hot coordinator. You were part of a Super Bowl team. You've got the blessing of a head coach, the Andy Reid tree, right? So why isn't this working for Eric Bieniemy? Why isn't he getting a job? Race comes into play. All right. Totally get that argument. However, the way things are playing out right now in Washington would lead me to believe that now that he's gone from the cocoon of Andy Reid that can like mask these types of things and everything is all happy hunky dory because of Patrick Mahomes and you're winning Super Bowls to the mess that is Washington media, he's being hung out to dry. All right. He's essentially being put in a position that he will be the fall guy for the disaster that the Washington football team will be this upcoming season. And it'll be, I'm telling you right now, Telling you right now, keep an eye on this. This will be the reason why people say this is why he never became a head coach. Because you're seeing how his players are not reacting to him. He might be intense. He might be brilliant. He might get along with some other coaches and whatnot. But the players just are not meshing with him. And that's why he's never become a head coach. And this is playing out as to why that is. Now, I believe that. Like, if that's how it ends up being, some people just don't have the temperament to be a head coach. Right. Some people just cannot connect with people in that way. You can be a good assistant, but that's a different role. As a head coach, you got to be wired a different way. We're seeing this with Frank Reich. We saw it with Matt Rule. He did not have the temperament to be a head coach in the NFL. Not in the NFL. Not in the NFL. But Frank Reich and how they're going about things for the Panthers surely shows you that he has the temperament for it. So they're, they're, this is all playing out in a way to prove a point that Eric Bieniemy did not have the temperament. It sucks for him because they're doing him dirty, in my opinion. But that's the NFL for you, man. And it's really, really cutthroat. And unfortunately, Eric Bieniemy is going to be caught in the crosshairs of that. It's time for the mixtape. Another contestant in studio, Joe. It's a very special contestant, though. Exactly. Not just any contestant. We've got Jeremy with a G, an actual OG here. All right, man. A little bit of context. In the previous life, you won a Tumblr because you got us to laugh. We played Aerosmith's Love in an Elevator, and you said, Love on stairs. <laughs> we were like, you know what? Seriously. Why not? We had, we had very low standards then, just we, so you know. Yeah, we have very high standards. The, now. the standards are different now. 
The standards are different now because Jillio is getting stingy <laughs> with these tumblers. Okay. All right. Gotcha. I'm ready. All right. So here's how it's going to work. We are going to give you the lyrics read by a local public address announcer. Okay. Today you will get Travis Quinn. He is the public address announcer for NC State. Okay. At Carter Finley Stadium. We're going to play the whole first verse and then you'll have an opportunity to answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was like, good gracious, ass is bodacious, flirtatious, trying to show patience. I'm waiting for the right time to shoot my steez, waiting for the right time to flash them keys. <laughs> then I, I'm leaving. Please believe in me and the rest of my heathens. Check it. Got it locked at the top of the Four Seasons penthouse rooftop birds I'm feeding. No deceiving, nothing up my sleeve. No teasing. I need you. To get up, up on the dance floor. Give that man what he asking for. Because I feel like busting loose. And I feel like touching you. Uh-uh. Can't nobody stop the juice. So, baby, tell me, what's the use? I said... It's getting hot in it's here. It's getting hot in here. Do I need to, right. Do I need to wait for them to finish? Or can no, no, I you just, got it. You, just, okay. you got it. You okay. got it. You did it. Yeah. Give that man a tumbler. Give him a tumbler. <laughs> Give the man a tumbler. Yes. Let's go. Yes, I'm a champion. <laughs> I got that one pretty quick too, by the way. It's okay. Yeah, because I've had people tell me, this is really hard. This is really hard. I'm like, do you all not really pay attention to lyrics? Right. I thought summertime was going to be the easiest one. I know. Perfect. I love it. Jeremy, awesome. I'm happy that you, of all people, get the first. Legit, too. Legit tumbler. <laughs> I was prepared to give Jeremy one. I'm not going to lie. And, and what's funny is I was preparing for him to not win. I already gave him a color changing yeah, cup. Right. He's, he's a double winner. You double dubbed winner. the Gatorade earlier. It was a little it. reverse jinx action. I love it, man. I love it. Awesome. Jeremy, thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. So hype we had a winner. I had faith in Jeremy. Yeah. He knew it, too. He knew it like 15 <laughs> seconds. And he's like, yeah, I got that. I had faith in Jeremy. I got that. Like I totally got that. So true OG. I love that. Love that we finally gave out a tumbler. Uh, we have three left. We have a few more to yes, do. Three left. I might have to hit up Travis and wait again to do some other songs, by the way. Because if we run because I have six. Well, we'll we, we will need a football theme for September, October. Yes. All right. That works. Also, I have a, another voice for us to use. Oh, it's more of an accent. Okay. Yes. All so, right. All right. You can tell me, you can tell me off air. Before we get to some Hey Joe questions, uh, I did want to revisit a conversation that we had yesterday, and that was about Tez Walker, wide receiver for North Carolina, who was denied immediate eligibility by the NCAA, along with some other players, including an FSU player, uh, because he was a double transfer. Now, if you missed that, check out yesterday's show. I had my thoughts on it. I think it's pretty ridiculous that this happens post facto after they decide to crack down on double transfers. This happened, he decided to transfer to UNC before they put all this stuff in place. And that I also feel strongly about pandemic situations that we're still dealing with, by the way, that those should be viewed differently than other people who decide to transfer multiple times. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just to add a little context to that from yesterday, mm -hmm. to clarify. Yes. The leagues, because this is something that the NCAA actually, I'll give them credit, They've actually been consistent on this, whether mm -hmm. it was an Ivy League player or whether it was Chandler Zavala at a junior college mm -hmm. last year. 
they don't consider the pandemic year for those leagues that did not participate in sports. So that is the one loophole. So mm-hmm. since the Ivy Leagues punted that year, remember Bayheim's kid, that he had applied for the extra year under the argument of, well, I was at Cornell and they yeah. were like, sorry, all of the Ivy League teams didn't participate that mm-hmm. year. So you didn't actually lose a year. Same thing with Chandler Zavala. He was at a junior college. He didn't play. And it was like, well, sorry, that that though that school didn't choose to play during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So you technically don't have a year to lose. So what they're saying to Walker here is something similar, not in terms of eligibility, but what they're trying to remain consistent with is, okay, you were at Central and he's trying to say that year can't count. Can't right? count. So that's where they're kind of, they, I will give them some shred of consistency here with this. That's all I'm willing to give them in terms of, okay, Bayheim's kids, Zavala, mm-hmm. this I think falls under a similar umbrella. Though all, all, and then also, what happened with them? No, they didn't. Well, Zavala ended up arguing and getting the right. year. Yes. So I think the same thing is ultimately going to happen with Tess Walker. Likely. Because look, we, you, you had to write about this with Braxton Beverly. The minute yeah. lawyers get involved, the NCAA goes, they lose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's bad. Speaking of lawyers, Roy Cooper's a lawyer. He is, yes. He's also the governor of North Carolina. He's also who are mad at Roy. Also, he's a North Carolina Tar Heel. Double t- double heel, as double I like heel. to call him. So apparently Cooper put out a letter to another governor, former governor, President Charlie Baker. As Luke DeCock pointed out, you couldn't just text him. Nah, you had to put it in a letter. Asking the NCAA to reconsider the decision on Tez Walker and the transfer request. And Roy just lays it out. First, the NCAA's prohibition on two-time transfers has largely been waived for the last three years due to challenges caused by the pandemic. Again, pointed that out yesterday. Second, the NCAA's denial of Tez transfer is based on a directive that was changed after he had already enrolled at UNC. Again, pointed that out. I think that's a fair point to, 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 uh, to point out. And in June 2023, Kent State filed a proactive transfer waiver on Tez's behalf related to reasons of health request, requesting that he be granted relief from the residence requirement and be immediately eligible. Like Kent State signing off on it. Like Kent State's the cool. school that he was leaving from. Yeah. Yes. He brings up the grandmother uh, living 500 miles from Kent State to two hour drive from Chapel Hill, recognizing all that he's been through to get to this point in his career. It would be a shame if the NCAA would deny his desire to be closer to her in illness and share his athletic journey with her. Also said, you know, he's a good, you know, uh, this argument that he's not a two-time transfer at all. He's played football at one school, Kent State. And we went through his uh, ETSU, NC Central, obviously Kent State, and then now to UNC. Regardless, Roy Cooper getting involved and people got mad. Well, not people. State fans got mad. Uh, there's more than just state you think fans. More than that? I've just maybe it's because I I've see state fans ECU, in my timeline. I've seen some Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. Now would Roy Cooper do this? Did he do it for Chandler Zavala? No, but he's doing it for Tess Walker at UNC. Is Roy Cooper up for election this year? <laughs> he is no longer eligible. Is he to running be in 2024? Governor is he done? of North Carolina. He set the term limit. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me about this is how many different times have I put the needle to him. Right. Just, just say it. Just, just say, say it, it, man. Just say it. I'm a just double heel. And he won't just go, do on the, just go on the Jumbotron. I'm Roy Cooper and I'm a Dario. Like, <laughs> people are mad. Like, oh, he didn't stick up for NC State baseball. He didn't stick up well, for a certain ECU transfer. And it's hold like, I, I, hold I get it. Hold I get it. People want to be mad. The, the people. The but it's people. also like a political yeah. affiliation. The people who are bringing up Omaha. Like, what was Roy Cooper with Omaha? Y'all. 
do you want the truth bomb on that? Do do we need to relitigate what happened in Omaha with NC State? Well, do we really want to? I, we, we can, I guess. But I mean, I, I would just suffice the answer to be he was dealing with the pandemic here. And that, that's always the thing in full transparency. Like when he spends time with us, he's always like sensitive to, well, why are you spending time with, with the Joes when you should be well, governing the state? Do you know? Right. Do you know the, the logistical hoops we have to jump of through just for five no. minutes with the governor? And I get that. So, but I'm yeah, sensitive. He's, he's handling things. To people being like, well, you should be governing the state. Okay, fine. Yeah. And there's a, there's a fine line from him having time to express his opinion on, on something that's frivolous sometimes with us. But there's, we also ask him all serious questions as well. Um, but what, but what was he supposed to do during the, I mean, I guess he could have written a letter for NC state and he went to high school with, with Elliot Avent. So it's, right. again, it's not like Roy Cooper has any ill will towards NC state baseball or, or Elliot Avent. I, I could tell you that and he loves it, but I could also tell you they are not on the same political side of the political aisle. <laughs> I can promise you that. Huh, and so. what, what, what were we, what were we really pushing at that time? And what did NC state not do? Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. About that. Anyway, that's why I said I don't think people really want to have that conversation. So let's get back to the fun and frivolity and answer some Hey Joe questions. Uh, it's brought to you by Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out. Oakwoodpizzabox.com. Get your order in. They deliver, but the experience truly is to go to Oakwood Pizza Box. Have an Arrogancet. I think there's a Blanton's hanging out in the back there, too, if you want to get a shot yes. of bourbon while you wait for your pizza. Anthony does great stuff. And get that special. Well, with jalapeno and the honey. Jalapeno and pepperoni honey. Dude. That's a fantastic. Get it on the square. He doesn't serve it, but you can ask for it. Oh, I got it on the square. You can ask for it. You can ask for yes. it. Does that annoy him? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Because I've got it on the square. Okay. So yeah, get it on the square. That's the uh, that's the move. All right. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions, shall we? Uh, from our friend William Needham Finley the Fourth, when he's not on that uh, that island with Ja Rule, will we be able to get? Uh, would we be able to bet on how long it takes ESPN to run out of money? On ESPN Bet, their new betting site, which launches. ESPN is never running out of money. They might not make as much money. There we go. But they're you never running out of money. This. You're, not, you're not losing money. You're no. not making as much money as you used to make. Yeah, that's all that is. That's all it is. You're just not making as much money as you used to. From Joseph Ochoa. Hey, Joe, what's the video game you played recently that made you channel your inner <laughs> Danny Glover? I'm too old for this shit. Um, I can tell you, actually. The game that I played that made me feel old was Fortnite. When Fortnite was at its peak and my kids were obsessed with playing it, I'm like, okay, cool. I used to play a lot of Halo. I used to play a lot of Call of Duty. Here's this shooter that you're running around on a Battle Royale map. I'll give it a go. No, I never felt older. Like I was like an old man yelling at the cloud, like these controls suck. Why do I have to build a, a staircase? Why are they built? Like, I don't get it. Like what's going on here? I never felt older. So I stick to the rivers and lakes that I'm used to, like Zelda, as I'm currently plowing through Tears of the Kingdom. I'm glad you bring up Fortnite. Yeah. Because I feel like Fortnite is the modern day analogy for college sports. Okay. Hey, I'm going to spend all this money on these skins. Well, well, do they help you win? <laughs> no. No. no they don't. But I have all these V-Bucks and I spent all these V-Bucks. <laughs> but do they make you better? Nope. No. No. But you look cool. But you look great. You look great. I got a little so, backpack so, with a lightsaber. So Florida State, mm. you are Fortnite. I see what you're doing there. You got more money than the rest of the ACC. Maybe maybe you just 
Yeah, see what you're doing there. Maybe scope a little bit better. Maybe shoot a little bit better. From Loco, where instead of adding bad fits and bad markets, bad markets, is it better to dissolve the league, reform without the dead weight and Notre Dame, eight to 10 schools, see what they get in the open market or merge with the Big 12? Because all indications is that Phillips is clueless. No, Phillips is not clueless. Phillips is pointing to the grant of rights. That's what's keeping the league together. What you're advocating for is something that we've talked about in the past, and that is Big East 2.0 that essentially the ACC becomes a like-minded conference that is basketball-focused. If that's what you want, it will not include the football schools. It will be, and it might not even include North Carolina, by the way, it will be the schools that are you know like-minded private schools that play basketball. Yeah. Big East 2.0. The Mad Men option of dissolving and starting your own thing, I, I think they've talked about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can legally pull it off. I think that's kind of why it hasn't happened yet. And probably, that's probably the case. So, uh, and we'll close on this. Oh, hi, it's YouTube uh, running running these things. So I'll go to the YouTube comment section on our conversation with Holden Thorpe, former chancellor oh, at North I enjoy Carolina. Our, I actually enjoy our YouTube comments. Yeah. I, I mean, I might regret saying that. But. No, no, most of our YouTube comments are good. This is from uh, Jay Ray. This interview was savage. This podcast has quickly become an elite form of local sports journal. Elite. Elite. Glad to still have you guys. And a lot of a lot of folks have pointed out, hey man, glad you guys are doing this podcast and everything else. Uh, This is from uh, Ziad, I believe that's how you pronounce the uh, the username. Because FSU draws top ten in viewership, even on down years, the granted rights agreement is signed because the commissioner pitched, promised the ACC network that was supposed to fill the revenue gap, as well as Notre Dame joining, which would allow to renegotiate the TV deal. So now that the ACC is the worst Power Five conference, it's not, but whatever. Don't blame the universities for trying to leave uh, a league that doesn't value football like the SEC and the Big Ten or even the Big 12. Now, again, I would push back on this idea that somehow the Big 12 values football. The Big 12 has back-ended, ass-backwards, into a like-minded group of schools. That's what the Big 12 is right now. The ACC is a disparate group of schools that has different needs and wants. And that's why you find yourself in this situation. And we'll go back to the start of this conversation. We'll close the podcast on this. It's time to start thinking about what's going to happen in the SEC and the Big Ten with the bloat and how they go about this and how we are setting ourselves up for that Super League. It's as simple as that. It's funny to me. TCU, you know, kind of sort of lucked into a national championship game. They did. Okay, but 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 why? Because Oklahoma and Texas weren't good. Mm-hmm. So they had access to the playoff. Yeah. Right? So we we have this romantic view of the Big 12 right now or whatever number they're going to be mm-hmm. when based on TCU being in the championship game. I just need you to use your brain just a little bit here because Clemson, TCU, by the way, didn't win. TCU, by the way, completely and totally embarrassed, run out of the effing building in the final. Okay. Clemson has two of these things in the last six years. So if, if Clemson had just won the national title, we would be talking about, oh my God, the ACC is so great. Financially, the difference between the big 12, big 20, big, big 40, and the ACC is negligible. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, to the point where the ACC is actually going to pass them once the Raycom deal is gone as well, by the way. So I just want to see what happens to the big 12. I want to see what happens to the ACC. This is the part people are confusing right now. Oh, the ACC is last. Oh, people watch Florida State games. No, they don't. When I was growing up, Florida State and Miami was the game in college football. It was. That game is like not even on TV anymore. Like that's that's how bad it's gotten yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh, you know the time you lost to Jacksonville State? Oh, like two years ago? 
It was on ESPN Plus, okay? Or no, ACC Network Plus. So it was stop. on Network Plus? So just stop with your Jeez. everybody watches every game of Florida State. Yes, when you're the Labor Day game against Notre Dame, when you're the Labor Day game against LSU, at some point you got to start recognizing maybe the, the opponent, just like tennis, the strength of the opponent matters. Does that mean Florida State has, has no value? Of course not. Does that mean Florida State shouldn't be upset or seek something better for them? Of course they should. Mm-hmm. But to sit here and act like Florida State is 1990, Florida, 1989, like it's not who you are anymore. You're not the guy in the stands reading a book. Yes, I get that. But you're also not Bobby Bowden breathing, blazing fire. One last point about Florida State as we end this show. You made your, first of all, you were a women's college. Yeah, you were a women's college, okay? And do you know how you made your bones with Bobby Bowden? No. You told people anytime, anywhere. Yes. Did you tell Pete, did you, did Bobby Bowden go around? Do you have a turf cemetery that says, oh, Oklahoma spent 70 million more dollars than we did? Mm-hmm. And oh, so we couldn't compete against them. Oh my God, Northwestern gets more money than we do. We can't compete against them. No. The effing motto was anytime, anywhere. So sack up and get back to who the hell you really are and stop acting like you need something that you don't have. That's not who you are. That's not how you got here. I'm going to turn that into a YouTube short, please. We'll see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.